If your spouse has cheated on you or is cheating on you, probably the people in your world are telling you to divorce. Get rid of them. Make them pay for what they've done. But you know what? That might be the biggest mistake you ever make in your life. Why? Let's talk about that. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. This is Kimberly Holmes, our CEO at MH International. You may know us as Marriage Helper. Kimberly, we know that when people have been cheated on or are being cheated on, then in all likelihood, their friends are saying, you need to get free of this. You need to be moving on and finding somebody that can be loyal and true Mm -hmm. to you. But what would be the reasons why they should listen to their friends and go ahead and do that? Mm, The reasons to listen to the friends. Mm -hmm. Well, the friends are likely saying things that are at least partly true. They've hurt you. They've lied to you. How could you ever trust them again? What if they do this to you again? Why would you want to put yourself back into a situation where you could keep getting hurt? Mm -hmm. So there's part truths that should be addressed and thought about that Mm -hmm. a friend could be bringing up. We're going to be giving a different view of that in just a moment. So Kimberly and I might wind up disagreeing. If nothing else, play devil's advocate. When I start giving reasons why it might be worthwhile to salvage the marriage, Mm -hmm. you counter with the opposites with those. Yeah, I was an actor in high school, and I can do it again now. (laughs) I remember your acting vividly when you were in high school. Mm -hmm. So let's say it this way. You say, okay, Dr. Beam, you said it might be the biggest mistake I ever made. Do you realize that any person, even good people, I mean really good people, can really screw up royally? And sometimes that screw up is just momentary. For example, it's a kind of an affair that we call high opportunity, low involvement. They typically involve things such as ego that gets out of hand, flirting that gets out of hand, drinking, all those kinds of reasons that a person winds up doing something that is not normally his or her nature. And it's the proverbial one night stand, although the temptations of it might make it last more than one night. So I would say before you decide to divorce this person, then you need to assess something based on how you've known this person since the beginning of the time that you've met. Is this person, your spouse, a good person doing a bad thing or a bad person doing a bad thing? Because if they're a good person doing a bad thing, then rescuing this person is not only for his or her benefit, but also for yours that I'll talk about in a minute. So what counter do you have to that? Even if they're a good person who did a bad thing, It's going to be a lot of work and a lot of effort to address the affair, recover from the affair, all of those things. I'm young. Why not just take my losses, go and find someone else and start over? Because if I'm going to put that much effort into saving what I have, why not just put that same amount of effort into making something new with someone who hasn't hurt me? And and that makes sense. But if you already have history together... So, for example, how long have you and Rob been married now? Twelve and a half years. Twelve and a half years. And so if you leave, you leave all of that. Mm-hmm. You leave everything that had to do with that. So, I mean, you might split up your uh, possessions, uh, mm-hmm. your assets, those kinds of things. But basically, it just says, I spent 12 years of my life learning how to love this one person who has now done something where he or she's made an error. I won't call it a mistake because of the fact that they obviously did it on purpose. But it has made this error. And now... This person really wants me to forgive and put it back together again. Can you just that casually throw away 12 years? Mm. Well, and in our case, it wouldn't just be the 12 years, but we knew each other 20 years before that. 
Yeah, so, since you were children. Since yes. we were children. Mm-hmm. So there's a negative taint that would even go on childhood memories and childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. I can see what you're saying, and I'm willing to take it into consideration. <laughs> But the other thing is, what if he's not repentant yet? So why should I not divorce a spouse who cheated if they're currently still cheating? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. Think about it like a teenager. How many times have you seen a teenager do something wrong? I mean, even rebel, start living a lifestyle that's totally contrary to what you taught them. You can do one of two things immediately, if you wish, one of which is to say, look, that's not who you're supposed to be. You know better. You're living that lifestyle. Therefore, Boom, I cut you off. You're out of my life. I have no more consideration for you. Or you can say, because I do love you and because I do believe that good person is still in there, that even though at this particular moment, while you're still rebelling, still acting out and doing things that are causing all kinds of problems, I believe that that good person is inside of you. And if only we could rescue that person. If we could somehow get you back to where you were before, that not only will you be a better person because of what you've learned from the bad stuff you did, but also can become a champion for making sure that our relationship stays strong for the rest of our lives. And so it's a matter of, do I just throw this person out, even though I have loved them, or do I use that love to try my best before I give up to see if I can rescue them? You know how there's a certain method of parenting, you can call it like tough love or whatever, but it's, I'm going to show you, I love you through the consequences that I instill from the behaviors you do that I don't like. So how does that not work here? Doesn't he need to see a consequence or feel a consequence? I'm not against that. I'm saying it doesn't have to be the ultimate consequence. It doesn't have to be, okay, divorce, you're done. Get out of my life. I'm never going to see you again. Mm. But are there consequences for behavior? Every good behavior has a consequence. Every bad behavior has a consequence. I'm not talking about rescuing people from the errors they've made, Mm -hmm. because sometimes you really need to face those things. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, but am I ready to end it all? Am I ready to file for divorce? I'm not going to rescue him from what he's doing, but what if I can rescue who he is from what he's doing so that that good person comes back? So no, I'm not against people reaping what they sow. So if you're not going, if you, if the idea is the ultimate consequence should be withheld, what are some other consequences that I could instill or should I not instill them as they're still living in the middle of cheating on me? I think it has to do with who, whether it's the husband or the wife, whether they're the in, the primary income person and, and many other factors. In other words, it becomes specifically individual here. Mm. So, for example, if, uh, if a woman says my husband's sleeping with this other woman, I would recommend, well, you have to make your own decision, of course. I can't tell you what to do. But one consequence might be right now that you don't let him sleep with you because it's extremely common that people in an affair not only want to sleep with a lover, They also at the same time want to uh, sleep with a spouse. And you can say, you know, that's not going to happen. While you're involved that way with her, you're not going to be involved that way with me. Or let's say it's the person that doesn't have a good income that's cheating. And he or she needs money to do what they're doing so they can go off them for their trysts, so they can can pay for the hotel rooms or whatever else it might be. And they don't have the ability to do that financially because that particular spouse, whoever he or she may be, doesn't have those kind of assets. Then I would say another consequence is, no. No, we're going to put our money in such a way where that we will not endorse or encourage your bad behavior. 
And so we're going to go ahead and make financial arrangements right now. So that can't happen. So there, it's specific to the situation. Name the situation, and we can start finding consequences that need to occur. Mm-hmm. It's basically saying, I am not going to endorse your behavior. Mm-hmm. I am not going to encourage it. I'm certainly not going to pay for it. At the same time, I'm not going to punish you to the nth degree, but I'm going to let you reap what you sow so you see what's happening to you here. Mm-hmm. What if this isn't the first time I've been cheated on? What if either when we were dating, they cheated on me or they cheated on me earlier in the marriage? Isn't this now a pattern? And shouldn't I cut my losses and move on because of that? Possibly. At the same time, though, if you really believe that it's a good person who has this weakness, then the rescue will be tougher. I mean, if it's, if it's been a pattern, it's happened more than once, then the rescue is going to be tougher. But if it happens more than once, there's something going on inside that person that's destructive. And so now rescuing him or her is actually pulling them back from the edge, if you will. And you say, well, why would I do that? Well, let's say, for example, you have children. You want your children to continue to have a relationship with their mother or their father. But if the mother or father is continuing to do one bad thing after another, after another, repetitively, then you start worrying about what are my children going to be exposed to? What are they going to learn? What are they going to think about life? What are they going to think about what's right and what's wrong? And so sometimes just at that point saying, rather than giving up on you, I'm going to do everything I can to rescue you is because you know that the good part of them is fighting, for lack of a better phrase, the bad part of them. And without help, the bad part of them is going to win. Do you really want that to happen to them? Now, if you say, yeah, I want that to happen to them, then divorce them, let them go. But if you're saying, no, I still care too much for that person, I I don't want the bad inside to win, then there's some things you can do to try to rescue this person, which at the same time will hopefully rescue the marriage and bring him or her back, not to what you had before, but to better than you had before. At what point will, at what point does it become about me? At what point is it, will anyone look at me and say, this is hard, this sucks, because it feels like I'm going to have to do a lot to save this marriage, and I'm not the one who screwed up. Well, you hear that quite often, like, how can my spouse have his or her cake and eat it too? Mm-hmm. And so I understand that. Like, what about me? Who's going to take care of me? Well, we can't move in with you and make your dinner for you, but we care about you. And, and we will help you as much as, I, as we can through groups you can be part of where you find other like-minded people who will understand you and support you emotionally. We have coaches that you can talk to that can help you figure out how to deal through the day, all those kinds of things. It's really still all about you. It's not all about the other person. It's still all about you. And you do need people taking care of you. But remember, some of the people that want to take care of you are so mad at your spouse for what he or she has done that all you're going to hear from them is divorce, 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 pay them back. I remember one time a lady saying to me, if I did what my friends wanted me to do to my husband who just cheated on me for the second time, then I will destroy him. And I said, so are you going to do that? She said, no, I told my friends, I have enough hurt on my own. I don't need to take on yours. Mm. By the way, it was a tough road, but they made it. They worked it out, and they're happily married to this day. 
She rescued him. That rescued their marriage and rescued, in a real sense, their children because of the negative effects that were occurring to them. And, and I'm sure their marriage is not perfect because none is. But they now have a good relationship, a strong and solid relationship. And the problem was deep within him. And that had to be dealt with. But she had the wisdom, the love, to see that there was a problem within him that needed to be saved or solved, I should say, so he could be saved. And therefore she put her effort into doing that. If you don't really love the other person, you're probably not going to make that kind of sacrifice. Mm. What if my children are older? What if they're teenagers, maybe even young adults? If they see that my spouse has cheated and I take them back, doesn't that teach my kids that they could cheat in their future relationships and they'll just have someone who takes them back? Actually, just the opposite. If you look at the long-term research, uh, kids who grew up in a home where the parents divorced have less commitment to their spouses in general. Mm. Now, that might not be true of every individual child, obviously, as he or she becomes an adult, but they tend to split up faster than other people if they do get married because what was modeled for them is if it's not working like you want, then you just get rid of them. They actually have a greater likelihood of salvaging their own marriages once they get grown if they have watched their parents salvage their marriage, even when one of them really did something bad, stupid, dumb. What they learn then is more about commitment and, and grace and mercy. So actually, I think it actually positions them to have better relationships and to make it through worse problems mm-hmm. if, God forbid, those problems arise. So you mentioned that doing this out of love for your spouse and who they could be would is a great thing to think about. It's a great motivation. But what if I'm just so angry right now, I can't think about how I feel towards my spouse? What would you recommend? Do I... I, I mean, right now I'm so angry, I just want to divorce. Mm-hmm. I would suggest to anyone who's making a decision out of anger, whatever the decision is, do your best not to make that decision right now. Uh, act in haste, repent at leisure. It's like if you do something now while you're angry, you're much, much more likely to do something that you're going to regret later. Mm. So maybe you need to get somebody to help you deal with the anger, or at least understand you, maybe even explain what's going on. For, for example, How many times have we had a spouse, either a husband or a wife, once they were exposed to what we teach about limerence, all of a sudden begin to understand why their spouse is doing what they're doing and what the spouse is doing, all those kinds of things, and look at us and go, oh, I took it personal as a direct attack on me. It still hurts. I'm still mad, but I'm realizing it's not about me at all. But what my spouse is doing is because of my spouse's own inner confusion and pain. And so there are people like us who are willing, will help you. One thing I suggest you be careful about, if you decide to go to see a counselor to help you deal with your anger, which is is a good thing to do, make sure up front that counselor is pro-marriage because there are some counselors out there who are anti-marriage because of their own past. And the first thing they'll do when they hear that you are angry is say, well, here's what you need to do with that anger. Let's punish him. Let's make her pay. Don't let your counselor make your decisions for you, just like you don't let your family make your decision for you. But yeah, people are around who will care about you. And and Kimberly, just in one of our recent workshops, uh, 
you know, you and I've done what nearly a thousand videos that are on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And, and how many times have you heard, because I hear it all the time that I go to sleep at night listening to you guys and it has helped to calm me down and to give me inner peace. Mm -hmm. Do you hear that? Like I hear that. I do. Yes. So it's powerful stuff. And here's the final part of it. We're out of time. (sighs) What future do you want? And you know, you really can't know what the future is going to hold. Kimberly is a very intelligent young woman who is gifted in many, many ways. She heads our organization. And since she took over as the head of our organization, I think we've grown by a factor of like 10, 10 times larger now than before she took over. Kimberly is alive because Alice, my wife, was willing to forgive my infidelity. We'd already divorced. I divorced Alice to be with another woman. And Alice forgave me and took me back. We wanted another child to celebrate the second half of our marriage. And that led to Kimberly, who is now changing the world in all kinds of good ways. What I'm saying is when you do something to rescue people, rescue marriages, if you can, the consequences are not just between the two of you. You never know who it's going to affect, including potentially the children you already have, if you have children, or the children you may have, if in the future you have children, and if not them, other people who will learn your story. You see, we're not in it just by ourselves. Everything we do influences other people, just like what they do influence will influence us. And so that's another reason. You might wind up doing a whole lot more good for the world if you can find out how to be the person who can offer grace and can offer mercy. So Kimberly, what do you have to say before I close this out? You've won me over, willing to <laughs> willing to make it work and save my marriage. Of course, Rob has not been unfaithful and no. she was being the devil's <laughs> advocate as we yes, talked I about. Was. We both believe in saving marriages. And so you may be thinking, okay, okay, I can try this, but what if there's just no emotional connection there? What if my spouse has checked out on me emotionally? We'll talk about that in the next episode of Relationship Radio. 